Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. not just sing the song to fill the air, Lord, but may our hearts be worshipful. May we come to you today realizing we need you. Lord, open our hearts, quiet our hearts. So many distractions of the day, of the week. Maybe things haven't gone as well as we'd like them too. And it's quick, we're quick and easy, Lord, to check the box of stopping at church on Sunday morning. Lord, help us to move past that piece of obligation and move into an area of thankfulness, of worship, of Lord, of, of understanding who you are in our life, of looking for the miracles in and amongst the daily grind. Lord, give us wisdom. Help us to count our days, to check, check, Lord, uh, to see where you're working. Open our eyes to the important things. Lord, help us to push away the things that really don't matter in our life. Make the important things the important things. Thank you for your word. It's true and honest and cuts uh, to the bone. Lord, this morning as we look at this passage, I pray that you would help us to see where we fit in this passage. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is out of uh, John chapter 11, 38 through 44. This is someone's favorite for a reason. I'll challenge you and encourage you to to ask yourself, what sticks out in this passage today? Jesus was once more deeply moved. He came to the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, I didn't, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they might believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in cloths, strips of linen, and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Like clay, that we wouldn't uh, want to be the potter. It's so hard to give up control. It's so hard to give up and give in to you. 
We say we want to, and yet there are those moments where we quickly, quickly, frantically grab the reins back. It seems it's in those moments where there's nothing left for us to do that we finally come to terms with the reality that you are God. It's in those moments in life where we have nowhere else to turn, no other answers. Everywhere we turn, we're in a pickle. And then we turn to you. Lord, make us the clay. Mold us into what you have for us in this life. That we might serve you best. Lord, don't let us get all dry and cracked and unmoldable. Allow us to be pliable, to grow and stretch and to be moved. Open our eyes to see the way that you work in and around us. That we might honor you with everything we do. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And you may children if you're a churcher. Or you may church. You can church if you're a children. Oh, Sarah's, Sarah's going today. <laughs> Open <this> door. <laughs> oh no, they're all trapped. Ah. You'll have to stay for the sermon now. <laughs> run, little guys, run. <laughs> they got that shape, man. Yeah. <laughs> Panic. Set in their eyes. Wow, that guy must have been trapped somewhere. <laughs> Who had him pinned down? Poor Jace. <laughs> Anybody else? We got any more? Anybody else want to run? That's right. This is it, kids. <laughs> I have a friend who says, I'll take a miracle any day. I'll take a miracle any day. So today is our third and uh, fourth the, in the temporary. Oh, you know what? I'm going to need a button. Uh, our third of the fan favorites. And uh, maybe I'll get on there. Brian, you going to get me on there? Thank you, sir. No, I don't want that. I want the PowerPoint. Sorry. That'll be at the end. Thank you, though. I forgot to write you a note. That is a bad on me. Thanks for, thanks for tolerating me, Brian. Maybe none of these other people they toler don't tolerate me, but you tolerate me. That's right. <laughs> so we're on, our, we're on our third fan favorite. And, you know, we can ask ourselves, and what I try to do is when I'm reading these passages, and I, all I get is, a title and a scripture and no, no explanation. And so reading into these scriptures, um, getting a sense of what is people's favorite, what makes it their favorite. And, and today, this week's passage with, of, of Lazarus being raised from the dead takes me to the spot. I couldn't get past it. The miracle piece, right? The miracle that happened 
to Lazarus. For, for Lazarus, it was a life-changing event. We, we, see the, we see people who have died and gone to heaven and come back, right? We hear those stories. But, but for most of us, we don't really know. Um, we know what, what we know, but we don't, haven't experienced uh, a death. Uh, we've had near-death experiences, but not a death experience. Anybody here been in the grave for four days? Anybody have King James? Glenn has King James. You know what King James says? He stinketh. It's not my favorite, but it's like second favorite, right? He stinketh. He was in there for four days. And we don't talk much in this passage, but if you read some of it before, about his, about his sisters, right? About the pain and sorrow and hurt that they were dealing with having lost their brother. having lost their brother forever. And we understand the searing pain of death. We understand how painful it can be when we have those moments in life when someone is taken from us. And, and I am convinced that no matter how young or old they are, there's never enough time. It's always too soon. Why? Because we're selfish. We're jealous. We want, we want more time with our loved ones. We want more time with our friends. We want more time. And that's reasonable. I, I, I get it. That's a part of our human uh, existence. We're built for relationships. We love to be in relationship with people. <clears throat> and in a sea of millions and millions and millions of people, it's amazing that we come across someone who absolutely rocks our world. Some of the most powerful moments I've ever had uh, in the ministry have been those moments of walking with a spouse through death. Because it doesn't get any closer. It doesn't get any deeper. The love is, doesn't get any stronger than in those moments when we're having to say goodbye to someone we have spent our life with. Those are difficult moments. All hope in the moment is lost. And my sense is that's how this situation was when Jesus showed up. And we get a sense that just before this, Jesus wept. He wept because his friend had died. And he loved him. My sense is he loved him like a brother. That he was close. That they, they spent time together. They knew each other's favorite meal. They hung out. They, whatever they did. They loved each other. And so when his his friend was gone. He struggled. The beginning of this passage, it says, Jesus was once more deeply moved. You've seen uh, people when they're deeply moved. Their lips quiver. The tears start to pour down behind their glasses. We have been there, each one of us. But when Jesus comes through for 
Lazarus, it's a miracle. It's a miracle, a life-changing miracle. Lazarus was dead in a tomb behind a stone. Sound familiar? Yeah, right? Jesus would end up in, we're working our way towards Easter, right? And that's exactly what, what he, a little bit of foreshadowing going on here. So I want to talk a little bit about miracles today. And I want to challenge you and encourage you. Do miracles still happen today? Anybody got guts enough to say yes? Someone said yes. Martha said yes, right? Amen. Yeah, if Rob changed, anybody can. <laughs> Just kidding. You set yourself up, Rob, but it was a good one. <laughs> I appreciate it. But are we looking for those miracles in our own life on a daily basis? Are we looking for God working in our lives, doing miracles in our midst? Or, are, or do we get just kind of callous about the miracles that happen around us? Do we begin to write them off as uh, if we can figure them out with science? Or if we, can we write them off with, uh, well, just coincidence, right? It just, it just happened to happen that way. Is that really a miracle? Do you realize it's a miracle that you made it here today? There are no guarantees that you would make it here today. We live in a world where we think, well, sure, I have a warm house, I get my clothes on, I get in my car, and I uh, drive to church, I park in the parking lot, I walk out, and I walk into church, I sit in my pew, right? And that's not a miracle. Let me challenge you that it's a miracle that you are here today. And maybe you take it for granted. Maybe you think, well, yeah, that's what I do every Sunday morning. I get here by 8.15, I sit in my spot, I do my thing, I, do, I check my boxes, and I go home. Let me challenge you. Let me encourage you to not make this just a ritual. But to understand that this is a miracle. That you are up on your feet. That you were able to get dressed. That you lived in a house where there was, was heat and a place for you to get in a car and come. The only person that walked today was me. Anybody else walked to church? I walked to church today. And I didn't even get run over. That was a miracle. The reality is this. Do you realize there are people who don't come to church, who can't get to church, who cannot get here? And they're sad. They're sad. They want to be here. They're sad because they can't get up out of bed. They're sad because they aren't feeling well enough to come. They're sad because they can't drive in the snow. And all too often we just, we just blow it off as, well, yeah, that's just what I do. And maybe all too often we just take it for granted. And then we see people who get sick. people who get hurt and people's lives who are turned upside down and it's in those moments that we finally begin to recognize that miracles still happen today they still happen today 
The problem is we don't always open our eyes to them. We're not always prepared to see God working in our lives. Do you realize it's a miracle that God's working in your life? Rob, we make fun of Rob, but the reality is that's, that's exactly the same for each one of us. We are sinners who were saved by grace. That's a miracle. And it happens day after day after day. God, God continues to work in our life if we let him day after day after day. It's a miracle that he gives us another day. Another day to serve him. To do the work he's put in front of us. Don't minimize that. Don't take it as well. I'm just going through life. Just going through the motions. If I get done, you know what? I got to live my uh, whatever it is. I don't even know. It's, it might be 76 years or something is the average. Have my average 2.3 kids retire at 65, blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on. And on right? And we have all these averages that, well, this is what everybody does. And so I'm going to do all these things. And all too often, we just get in the rut of, of just one moment after another. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, it's the weekend. I'm excited. I got the weekend. But then I got to go back to work. Remember that us being here, serving God is a miracle. You don't deserve it. And for anyone who thinks you deserve God's grace, you are sorely mistaken. He gifted it to us. He gave it to us because he loves us. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. What I deserve is eternal damnation away from him. Far, far, far away from God. That's what I deserve. Guess what? That's what you deserve. But that's not what God gives us. He gives us the opportunity to follow him. Right? That's, that's what our faith tells us. That we can walk the road we wouldn't normally walk. That we can do things we wouldn't normally be able to do. That he will walk with us. That if we're a believer in Christ, the Spirit will be in us. The Holy Spirit, capital H, bless And that will make all the difference in our life. Sometimes we wonder, can he do it? There's a passage in Mark uh, 9 that talks about uh, a demon-possessed boy. And they bring this boy to Jesus, hoping it's their last hope. We don't know where else to go. We're not sure where we're going to be able to go to take care of this situation. It's not good. It's not, it's not a good situation. And they say, Jesus, if you can, heal this boy. And you know what Jesus' response is? If you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible for one who believes. It's not what Jesus can or can't do. It's what we do. Do we believe? And the, and the, 
And the parent's response is this. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Have you ever been there? Have you ever tried to believe beyond belief and still get, get stuck and struggle? Help me in my unbelief. One of my favorite uh, players in, in the New Testament, Thomas', is, Thomas is, uh, mindset, I, I completely understand it. Right? We call him Doubting Thomas. And we want to believe we're, we're like the other guys, right? Yeah, I'm John, right? I'm cool. Um, I'm closest to Jesus. And we were buds. And all them other chumps were uh, a little bit further out, right? And what do we do? We beat up on guys like Thomas. Oh, Doubting Thomas. I mean, we've coined a phrase, right? 2,000 years later, poor dude, is still putting up with being a doubter. And here's the reality. We're all Thomas, a whole lot more Thomas than we are John. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. There are areas in our life where we struggle to believe that God is going to work uh, in any way, miraculous or not. We struggle to see God moving. And you know what happens? As long as he's moving and it's like, okay, next step. Oh, good, I got another. Oh, look, update, 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 update. We're good. The moment it stops and we're like, ah. wait, we lost connection somewhere. God's not moving like he was. He's not changing the things uh, in my life as fast as I wanted him to. I'm not sure he's working in this. Then what happens? We get mad, right? And we, yeah, we stomp our feet. We, we get grumpy, right? We get our eyebrows in and we grit our teeth and we say, why God, why me? What did I do wrong? I know none of you do that. I'm the only one. I want to tell you a quick story, and, and probably a lot of you know it, but I think it's I think it's important. It's important for me to remember God's miracles, and so here's a couple of my miracles. And uh, well, if you don't know, they're my grandkids. <laughs> and and the and the young man on on your left is a miracle. That that young man was conceived after three in vitro's that failed. Three years of trying to have a child, of a couple who were broken and hurt, angry in some ways. And you know what they did? They gave up. They said, to heck with this idea. We're not having a baby. And three months later, God showed up. Perfectly healthy, six month, five month? How old is he now? Four month, four. I want him to be six months. Uh, <laughs> Trying to figure out when I can get him on the four-wheeler. It needs to warm up a little bit, right? We need to get him, I need to get him broke in. That's a miracle, right? We say, well, and, and you know the best part of that miracle for me? Good old medical field. I don't, I don't dislike the medical field. I think they are great. But they always seem to think that they haven't figured out. They always seem to think that they can do one plus two and it will always equal three. And you know what? I say three in vitro's. And they couldn't figure it out. And when they finally quit and give up, it was God. It was God who showed up in their life. 
And I don't know where God's going to take these young kids, but I will tell you this. He has been good in the miracles of grandkids. They're awesome. And those, those young children are miracles. I always used to make fun of Donnie because he told me grand, being a grandparent was really way better. And now I, now I understand. I tell him, I wouldn't have had kids if I'd have known better. Right? I just had grandkids. Kids are miracles. Miracles of God. And when, and when it happens, it's, we can't just put it off as uh, science or magic or whatever. Brooks is alive and well uh, because God chose to do a miracle in Dan and April's life. I never gave up. Boy, did I pray a lot for them. Because when you watch your family run through something that's really hard, you quickly realize, man, that's hard stuff. And you know what? I can't change a thing. And we always say, but at least I can do is, the least I can do is pray. And maybe that's maybe the most important piece, praying. So let me challenge you this morning to open your eyes. Open your eyes to God's miracles in your life. When you're, when you're, when you're walking through everyday, uh, everyday things, understand that there are a lot of miracles in life. It takes a lot of faith to walk through this life. And God is doing miracles around us all the time. They may not look like what we want them to look like. But the reality is, He continues to do miracles. I like to use this illustration because it, it really is helpful. The last time you took some medicine and you took a pill, right? did you know what was in it? Hopefully it was medicine, right? Could have been arsenic. How do you know? How do you know what's in that medicine? You don't. You have to have faith to understand that someone is trying to, uh, to, to keep you on the straight and narrow, that, that somehow, some way, that that medicine is safe. We have to trust. We put a whole lot more trust in, uh, in pharmacists. We put a whole lot more trust in our auto mechanic then we put in God. Trust me when I tell you that God is still doing miracles today. The thing about miracles is that they aren't explained away. Right? We, we want to explain things away. We want to be able to figure out the who's, the what, the where's, and the why's. We want, we want to understand that um, how did this happen? Was this a big magic trick? Did they take one guy out, put another guy in the, uh, in the tomb when nobody was looking, right? We, we want to believe that there's got to be a, a rhyme to the reason. There's got to be an answer to the questions. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes. So it's not a trick. 
This was Jesus raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. Raising him up, bringing him, uh, doing something miraculous that could not be explained. It was amazing. And there are other miracles we see in Scripture. There are miracles in our own life. Paul talks about in Corinthians what will be a miracle that it comes, it is coming. It hasn't come yet, but it will. It says, we all shall not sleep, but we all shall be changed. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. The second coming of Christ. It is coming. God is preparing to work a miracle. There are lots of ideas about what it's going to look like. Lots of thoughts. Lots of books being written. Here's the reality. Jesus is going to come back and take those who love him to be with him. I don't know all the details, and I don't think anyone else does either. There's a lot of, there's a lot of clues and a lot of pieces, and if we read Revelation, we get a, a sense of what's going on. We look at the prophecy. We try to add all that together and make this understanding in a, some kind of ball that makes us feel better. Understand this. It's going to be a miracle. It's going to be an amazing miracle that God is going to take his people out. Not because I said so, but because God's word says so. And I don't know the timing, and I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know all the details. I read it, I try to figure it out, but the reality is, my life is uh, built on trusting that God has it figured out. I understand that he is moving. He continues to move in and around my life. And will he return? I absolutely believe and know that he will return. When will he return? I don't know and neither do you. It will be a miracle. What's our job in it? Tell everybody we know that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. That Jesus is the only way you're going to get there. That, that eternity rests in the balance of your belief of him. That's what you need to know. That's what we need to tell. The miracle of grace. That's what we want to share with those who are with us. And those who we come in contact with. Share the miracle of God's grace. We were enemies of the cross, and yet he took us in. Finally, miracles honor God. Miracles honor God. And now, if you see a miracle and it's about you, then it's probably not a miracle. The miracle is to honor God. It should be pointing to God. If God does a miracle in your life, it's not about you. It's about God. You see what Jesus says to uh, he says, Father, thank you that you heard me. I knew that you hear me, but I said this for the benefit of those who were standing around, that they might believe that you sent me. That miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead was for one thing, 
that people around him that were there at the gravesite, that were at the tomb, understood that God was real and that Jesus was the Messiah. That's why that miracle happened. Lazarus still died. He didn't die that day. He died for, we don't even know. He died another day. It wasn't like he got eternal living on the world, right? He isn't still running around uh, today. It, it was for God's glory, for his glory, that that miracle happened. And when we see those miracles, when we experience a miracle in our own life, you know what the first thing we ought to be doing? Thank you, Lord. Right? We ought to be sharing with other people. God showed them up in my life and showed me a miracle. That's what we ought to be doing. Do you remember this miracle? This one's so ridiculous. I love this one because it's so ridiculous, right? Two fish and five loaves. That sounds like lunch for me. I hope the fish were smoked. I like them, I like them a little smoked myself. How do we feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves? Cut them, yeah. <laughs> you get one. Even then, I'm not sure you could get 5,000 pieces out of two fish and five loaves. You know the best part of that story? The end. What happens at the end? There's more leftovers than it started out with. <laughs> if that's not a miracle, come on now. Right? Yeah, more basket. 12, thank you, Brian. Brian's got the details. More was left over than they started with. Is that a miracle? Absolutely. Give God the glory for the miracles in our life. They're not all life and death. Sometimes they're um, substance. Sometimes they're opportunities for us to see God working. Sometimes there are, are these moments in life where we recognize God is moving in our life. He's changing the things in front of us. If you want to see a miracle, ask my wife how she got a new job. Right? She asked one question, and the question wasn't answered the same. The question wasn't answered the way she thought it was going to be answered. And we see months later, God opening a door that's wide open to share his love in very practical ways. She didn't go looking for that job. And, and that's just one example of many of our examples of our life. Looking for miracles. And then honoring God in the miracles that are put in front of us. That doesn't mean her job's going to be easy. That doesn't mean God's just going to make it uh, a cakewalk. Not at all. might be more challenging. But that's how miracles, God works miracles in our life. Honor God in everything you do. Honor God when he works a miracle in your life. I want to show you a, a not yet, Brian. Hold on one second. I, I want to set this baby up, okay? I want to show you a video this morning, and it's a music video. 
but there's, there's two pieces to this video that I, I really want you to, to get a grasp on. So, so there's, a, there's a song with lyrics, right? And it's kind of poppy and it's, it's kind of funny and kind of entertaining. And then there's a video that follows it that's kind of entertaining. But they're not exactly the same. But I want you to look at both. And I want you to ask yourself how you fit in this song. Go ahead, Brian.
Thank you, Lord, for the way you continue to work in and around us. Thank you for the miracles we watch you do. Thank you for the hope in an otherwise hopeless world. In your name we pray. Amen.